Good morning and welcome. Welcome to Foundation Church. Man, this is like another huge milestone for us today because it was like we were so excited and we are just so thankful for what God did over Easter Sunday. And now we are excited uh, to now get into this series, which is called The Foundation. And over the course of this series, what you are going to get to hear is our vision. You're going to get to hear our heartbeat. You're going to get to hear why we exist here in Carter County. And we could not be more excited. Now, here's what I need from each and every one of you. I need you to pray for me today, all right? I need you to pray for me today. There is a lot that is running through my mind. Whenever we start talking about vision, it's like one of the most exciting things in my life to talk about vision, to talk about where we believe God has taken us. And so I just want to encourage you, would you just pray for me today? Because I am excited and there's a lot that I want to say, but there's not everything that needs to be said today, all right? But I'm excited today to bring the word. Would you care just uh, pray with us one more time today as we, we go to him today? Dear Father God, we feel you today in this place. God, we want to encounter you today in this place. And Lord, we pray over the next few moments that God, the vision, Lord, for your church here in Carter County would be clear today. Lord, that we would see clearly what you have called us into, God, and where you are leading us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In 2019, me and Emily, we purchased the home that we are currently living in right now. Now, let me tell you, it wasn't uh, with a few challenges. You see, me and Emily, we were living in a home up on College Drive, absolutely loved the home, but this new home came up for sale. Now, there's a couple things that we weren't for sure about. Is it going to better fit our family's needs? What does it look like? We had just been through this renovation process with this one home. We are like, man, are we going to have to renovate again? And then there was this other piece that I loved, but my wife was really questioning, is that it's right next door to my in-laws. I loved it. I was like, yes. And my wife was just like, I just don't know if I can live next to my mom and dad. I'm like, yes, you can. Best decision we ever made. I'm not ratting her out too much. It's okay. It's okay. We, uh, no, in all honesty, it wasn't a big deal at all. We began to think about what could life be like next to our, next to our, our in-laws, have our, our kids literally raised right next door to their grandparents. And then we began to go into the home. And let me just tell you, the home, it was not like fixer-upper. It, well, it was going to be a fixer-upper, but it did not go into it like this thing is beautiful or like this thing is like perfect. And, but we began to go into it and we began to see what it could be. We began to see how the rooms could fit and how, how the, the flow could work. And, and with a few remodels that the vision of this home could be clear. And if you have been through any sort of home building process or any process at all of where you've been seeking and searching for that home, you know that what you end up focusing on is everything that is seen. Everything that is seen. Everything that is in front of you, that is what you focus on. That is what you hope for and that is what you desire. But in this process, what you end up doing or with the next step, you're like, hey, we want to purchase this home is you make one phone call. You make one phone call before you do anything else, you call the inspector. Because what is seen may look good, but you need somebody to come in and offer an inspection to the home to see what the home, what the bones are. What does it look like? And here's what's crazy. Whenever you call the inspector, whenever you call for an inspection, where's the first place they go? 
They don't go to the bathrooms. They don't like say, oh my goodness, look at how good this living room looks. This is going to be perfect. They don't even care about the kitchen and just how beautiful it is. They say, where's the crawl space? Because this is where the inspector lives. This is where the inspection happens is in the crawl space. He says these words. He says, let me see the foundation. If you look at any sort of inspection checklist, you will see the very first thing on the list is let's look at the foundation. Now, here's what you see. You have to go into the crawl space to see fully and clearly what is the foundation. So in order for you to see clearly what is the foundation of your life and what is the foundation of my life is that we must go underneath the service, not to what is seen, but what is unseen. And here's what the inspector is. He is going to check. He's going to check and see, and he's going to make sure, listen, this is, this is so good, to make sure that whatever is built above, it is secure to what is below, that it is secure to a good foundation. As we began to dream and plan about what Carter County could look like, and we began to plan about what would it look like to plant a church in Carter County, it was this one word and this one story that ended up coming to our mind is what does the foundation of my life look like? What is the foundation of Carter County's life look like? What is the foundation of your life look like? And essentially what we're asking is, what is it that you're building your life upon? What is it that you are building your life upon? Whenever you say, well, why did we name the church Foundation Church? This was why. Because all I could think about, all I could envision was us answering this question going into the world and asking this question, what are you building your life upon? And here's what we see, is that the question that I didn't ask is, is are you building a life? That's not the question. That's not the question I asked. See, every single one of us in the room, this is a given that each and every single one of us, we are building a life, whether you are doing it intentionally or whether you are doing it accidentally. You are building a life. And here's what we find. And here's what we believe is that we get to choose the foundation that we build our life upon. You and I both, we get to choose the foundation. And so as we go into our key verse today, I just want you to answer this question. Or as we go through, there's one word I want to continue to to lay out is that word home. And within the home, I want you to just spend some time over the course of this entire service of just reflecting. And begin to ask the question, what is the foundation that you are building your life upon? If you have your Bibles or if you have your phone, and if you notice today, this is the reason. We brought the lights up for you so that you could see clearly what is right in front of you. So if you brought your journals or brought your Bible, this is the incredible opportunity. Go to Matthew chapter 7. We're also going to have it up on the screens. Whenever we begin to dream and envision foundation church, it was these verses that came to our mind. And so we're going to read these together. Matthew 7, 24 through 29. It says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. It says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. This is the foundational verses. This is what we are building this church around. And and this is coming at the end of what we would call the greatest sermon ever given. This is at the very end. This is the last words of the Sermon on the Mount. For over three chapters, Jesus has been giving this story in Matthew and explaining just the things that of heaven, the things that we don't necessarily understand or see. And this is actually the final words. This is how he finishes the sermon with this warning, with this, this word, with this metaphor. And he's basically asking this question. He says, everything I have spoken, everything that I have told you over the, this entire sermon he asked this question, what will you do with me? He said, what will you do with the words that I have spoken? And he closes with this metaphor that talks about two builders, two foundations, and two very different outcomes. As we continue to prepare and, and, and pray, we spent a whole day at Grindstone Coffee in Huntington. And we talked about what is the vision, the ultimate vision of the church. And out of this this piece of passage, we began to see clearly that we exist to make Jesus the foundation of every home for generations to come. That is why we exist. That is why we're here, to make Jesus the foundation of every home for generations to come. And what I want to spend just a few minutes on today is is actually not so much foundation, but the word home. The word home. I want to unpack that for us for just a minute. If we look at this text, we can ask a couple of just observations, but it's really centered around that word home. You see, what are they both building? Both of these builders, what are they both building? They are both building a home. Now, a home to us is is the place of which we live, it's the place of which we sleep, it's the place of which you may even raise a family. It's in a particular location, maybe you have remodeled it, maybe you've made it, but that's how we see a home. But in the context of what we're seeing here, a home meant way more to Jesus' audience. This would have been something that would have existed for generations. They would be living with their grandparents, maybe maybe their brothers and their sisters. I mean, it's just like a whole group of people living under one house that's been there for generations after generations. It's not only where their kids sleep and where they sleep, but it goes even further. And this is so important. It says the home to them wasn't just where they resided, but was oftentimes also the place where they worked. It was how they made a living. It was how they literally had put food on the table was through their home. And so when you begin to see the picture of this word home is that it wasn't just a place that they lived, but home was literally describing their entire life, their entire being, not only who they are, but what they do, where they're located. And that part is so important. Whenever we look at this text, whenever we look at this word home, to make Jesus the foundation of our home, don't just think of me putting a location there, but we are talking about your entire being, your entire life. Now, here's what's really interesting, is that me and you are building the same thing. We're each building a home. We're each building a life. But here's what is very peculiar. If you notice, he gives no details at all about what the home looks like. None. 
He doesn't talk about building materials. He doesn't say whether or not it's like a fixer-upper, like the beautiful like farmhouse edition, or if it's like an Ikea, you know, straight out of an Ikea catalog. None of that is talked about. The details are not described at all. There's no focus on what is above. And I think that really, really presses into to this moment is that whenever you talk about your home, when you talk about what you are building your life upon, is that right now he's not even focused on what you're building. He's just focused on what you are building it upon. And so I just want to make that note to clarify that, that the details are not given because what Jesus is looking at, he's looking at the foundation. And I made this comment in my notes that Jesus is more concerned about the foundation of your life than the substance of your life. Now listen, as we're going to see in this text, that he does care how you live. He does care what you do. But really, the keystone of this is that what is at the foundation? Your plans, your desires, your uniqueness is all there. It's all beautiful. But we oftentimes focus what is above first before we focus on what is below. Emily, my wife, never went to the crawl space of that home. I don't think she has ever went to the crawl space of our home. In our lives, when we start talking about what are we building our life upon, it's much easier to talk about what is above than what is below. It's much easier to do that on the things that are seen versus the things that are unseen. Now, we go a little bit further. We see the focus of this text is on the foundation. But what are the two foundations? We see the rock and the sand. This is the rock and the sand. Now, here is what is also very unique is that there's only two foundations that Jesus talks about. He says you're either building your house upon the rock or you're building your house upon the sand. Now, the rock, you can imagine literally digging. And and some of the texts say you literally dig like 10 feet deep to maybe even get to the bedrock of your home. So it's like imagine going and working and, and getting to the bedrock of where you will place your foundation. But then you also see the sand. Now, the sand that you're talking about, this is next to what is the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee, it does something very unique. You know, if you go to Hilton Head Island in the summer, that sand is soft. It's hot. It's really hot, but it's soft. The Sea of Galilee, it does something very unique. In the summer, it actually like crusts over to where it looks like, like it, is, it is almost a rock. But they know, imagine if you built your house upon what that, that crusted over sand, over time, it would begin to break down. So there's this depiction here of bedrock versus the sand. And here's what he is saying, is that each had to choose their foundation. That one of the temptations, though, in our culture right now, is to say that any foundation will work. Jesus is coming in and he's saying, there's only two, that there's the rock and the sand. This is like one of the most direct uh, counter-cultural statements, especially in what we live today. Because what you would begin to see in our culture is that, hey, whatever you want to make your foundation of your life on, you can. And what the world will continue to say is that then whatever you choose to put your life upon, to build your life upon, is okay. It's like that you do you, boo. That's it. That's what we see all throughout our life. And, and, and there's no condemnation in the culture right now of whether one foundation is better than the other. It is as if there's this illusion that all the foundations of the world 
lead to the same place or should lead to the same place. Happiness, joy, peace, prosperity. But Jesus comes in and he wipes all of them clean. He says, everything that the world is saying, every single foundation that the world is talking about, just put it in one category, sand. And then he says, and he comes in here, he says, but the foundation I'm talking about, the foundation that I am imploring you to choose is on me. And you can't have both. There's no pluralistic foundations. There is only one foundation right now under your home. You understand that, right? There's only one foundation right now under the home of which you live. And Jesus is calling the same thing, to make a choice. What will your foundation be? Now, this is insane, is that even further, is that he, he talks about there's two foundations. And, and I began to ask this question. I was like, well, how do you know what the foundation of your life is? How do you know? How do you make that decision? What is the foundation of your life? Well, what we see is that the things that are underneath, the foundations are revealed. In Jesus' teachings here, he says, in the short run, you really can't tell a difference. You got the guy that built on the sand, the guy that built on the rock, and you look at him and you're like, they look the same. There's no difference. They're both still going on. Their lives are still moving good. That the picture perfect, or maybe it's a little off, but it's all still moving pretty much in the same direction. They look the same in the short run. Even from a distance, you may not realize any difference at all. But until the homes are tested, until the homes are tested, you begin to see a difference. Do you all remember, I'm going to date myself just a little bit, in April, I believe it was April of 2010, what happened to Olive Hill, Kentucky? Does anybody remember that? Olive Hill, if you come, if, you, if you're passing the McDonald's, it literally drops down over into the hill, and we call it like a bowl. If you look at it from the top, it literally looks like a bowl. And you have the Tiger Creek, not River, Tiger Creek that runs right along the city of Olive Hill. In April of 2010, the entire city of Olive Hill was underwater. It was, it was one of the greatest catastrophes that Carter County has ever experienced. And still to this day, if you drive past the gas station, right downtown by Commercial Bank to the left, it's like you can still see the watermarks on the wall. It was insane. And here's what you found, is that a lot of the buildings, they still stood. But you never know. This is tragic. This is not funny at all. But it is kind of wild. Of like, you ever seen a trailer float? Or a home float? That's what it was like. It was so bad that literally homes were being ripped off of their foundations and were literally floating down Tiger Creek. It's insane. We live right now on the Little Sandy River. And we have, praise God, never seen it crest over into our home. We've seen it fill the embankment, but we all know, and Jesus is telling the same things, you know the incredible power of floods when they come. You know the incredible power that storms have in their lives, that when the winds come against you, the impact that it can have. And the audience in the room, they knows this as well. But here's what you find. In every single one of our lives, there's two comments that I want to make is that you don't get to control when the storms come into your life, and nor do you get to control how powerful the storms are. You do not get to control either of those. What Jesus is saying, though, that is for sure for every single person in this room, you will have storms. Jesus, this is not a happy part of the message. Jesus is brutally honest. He's brutally honest to every single person 
that is listening to him. He says, you will have storms. You will have floods that will come that will try to rip the foundation of your home. You will have winds that come in such a storm that will begin to beat against the house and will try to rip it and destroy it apart. He says, you will have storms. And in this teaching, he says that the storms will actually then reveal what your foundation is. And so if you came in questioning or maybe even came in assuming today your foundation, Jesus is saying is that the storms of life that will begin to test it, to see what stands, to see what continues on. These storms, they reveal what your life is actually built on. And once again, it's not if a storm comes, but when. And so I just begin to have this, this moment is that right now you may be experiencing incredible storms. That right now, even as you came into this room, you're like, you have no idea what we're going through. You have no idea the difficulties that we have. It isn't that, that this is a future context of your life, but it's actually a present context of your life. That right now you are going through a storm. That you are going through, you are experiencing these incredible, these incredible winds that are coming against your life. A loss of a loved one, maybe marital struggles, maybe health problems. And they're literally beating against your home. Beating against your life. And it leads you to ask this question, is your foundation really on Jesus? Is my foundation really on Jesus? If you're in that moment, maybe that's what you're beginning to learn, beginning to see what your foundation is. And so I'll just begin to reflect, how do we respond to this teaching? How do we respond to this teaching of God's word about, about two foundations, about how your foundation will be, be revealed? Here is the first step, and here's where I asked you at the very beginning, we just simply reflect. We reflect today on what is underneath. Now, here's what's and say, I can't do this for you. I cannot do this for you. I can have conversations with you, but it's open for you to look at what is the foundation of your life, to reflect on what the foundation is that you are building this upon. And listen, I did this. This week, if you do it right, it gets real, it gets, it gets tough, it gets hard. Whenever you begin to really look and say, hey, what am I building my life upon? I begin to ask this question, what am I building my life upon? What you begin to find is that every single one of our foundations, if we're honest, has these little cracks. These moments of where we're fully trusting or we, we're maybe not fully believing or maybe we're just not fully giving a piece of our life. And you see these little cracks in the foundation that have tried to form. Now we can ask this question, what is the foundation of my life? And man, all the dads in the room, that's a tough one sometimes. That's a tough one. And I begin to look at like, how am I parenting my kids? How am I parenting my boys? Like, am I really raising them up in the name of Jesus? Am I telling them about who Jesus is? Am I being patient with them? But you begin to see, if we really reflect, you'll begin to see that there may be some parts of our foundation just are a little bit cracked. Now, today we see the foundation, but this is where I wanted to live in the last 10 minutes of our message today, is that we see the foundation, we see the rock versus the sand, we see the winds that come and beat against them, that challenge the foundations that you have, but the part of the message that is so important is actually all on the builders. It's the focus on the builders, and here's what we find 
We say, how do you build a life on Jesus? How do we fulfill the mission that God has called us to? We look at the example of the builders. The builders are defined as being wise and foolish. Now, here's what's similar about the two builders. This is what's incredible. If you look back at the text, it says, everyone who hears these words of mine, that's 24. And 26 goes on, it says, and everyone who hears these words of mine, here's what's incredible. This is where we live in Carter County, is that what is similar is that they both heard. They both heard the words. If you picture them in the crowd, they are all hearing the words that Jesus has spoken. And this is what you see is that the foolish versus the wise, that they both hear hear the words. But here's what's different. They both heard but responded very differently to what they heard. I am not a carpenter by trade. I think me and my father-in-law, we have built a deck. It turned out pretty good. I built a few chairs. They turned out all right. You could sit in them. You know what I mean? A table, that worked out pretty good too. But, but if somebody said, hey, Aaron, you have to go build a home. You ever seen like those books that says building a home for dummies? I don't know if they have that. I'm sure they do. Wouldn't you imagine building a home for dummies? And I imagine on page number two, after the introduction, is that you will probably see how to build a foundation. That is where you start. You literally cannot build a house until you have laid the foundation. And that is where they will tell you to begin. Now, here's what you would imagine, is that you have the two builders that are both are given this book, How to Build a Home for Dummies, How to Build a Foundation. And you can imagine one just intently reading, saying, oh, okay, I get it, I understand. And then maybe the other one's like, okay, I get it, I see it, yeah, 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 looking at the pictures, looking at the diagrams. But here's what changes is that you see that the wise builder takes what he read, takes what he has learned. He's spoken to other contractors. He's spoken to other people that he knows has experienced this before, who has gone before him. And he asks, how do you build a home? And he's reading and he's looking. And you know what he does? He does what the book says. He does what the book says. But then on the other side, you come in here and you're like, okay, how do I, how do I build a home? How do I lay a foundation? He's reading the book, and he's like, okay. Okay, I kind of get it. And then he calls his friend John. Hey, Johnny, I'm building a home. You ever built a home? No, not really. Well, I've built a couple decks before. Well, you think you can help me build a home? So, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be too difficult. shouldn't be too hard. You imagine that. That's me in most of the context. I'm just calling friends saying, hey, you think we can do this? Yeah, we can do this. But this is this moment to where he has everything that he needs in front of him. He has everything that he needs in front of him to build a home that will stand, to build a home that will last. But the difference between the wise and the foolish is how they respond to what is heard. It's how they respond to what is heard. He doesn't reflect and respond to what he has heard. And he doesn't do anything about it. And here's what was interesting. Jesus doesn't say why the foolish builder doesn't both listen and put into practice what he has heard. He doesn't define that for the builder. He doesn't say to us, this is what makes them foolish. But you begin to put yourself in the context. You begin to see, why is it that we are so good at hearing, but then not very good at putting into action what we have heard? Maybe, maybe it's effort. 
Maybe for the foolish builder, man, this just takes a lot of work. Maybe it's just really difficult to dig 10 feet down to get a bedrock foundation. Maybe he just simply knew better. Maybe he heard, he's like, yeah, I don't need that. You ever like the instruction manuals? You're like every every person in the room that like gets the instruction manuals for the Ikea furniture, like, yeah, I don't need that. It isn't going to be that difficult. That's the foolish builder. Maybe he was in a hurry. Maybe he was just in a hurry. So I don't have time for it. Maybe he's too busy. Maybe he had seen others who had laid a foundation similar way and thought, well, their home is still standing. They've been building their life on this. Their home is still standing. Too busy, too tired. Maybe there's a trauma from the past and the building experience is like, I just don't know if I can. Or maybe prefer another teacher or another way of life or another where I think we find ourselves in our context as other influencers in our life. If you were to look right now, me and my wife, we don't have TikTok, but we basically have all the reels, so it's pretty much the same thing. But if you were to look on TikTok, how to lay a foundation, it's unbelievable what you're going to find. And here's what you're going to find, is you're going to find wisdom, and you're going to find foolishness in both of those. But what's so difficult and so hard sometimes is to understand what is real and what is true. You see, what is the difference between the wise and the foolish builders? It's not that they heard. They both heard. He said, the wise hears and does. He does what, though? He takes the words that Jesus has spoken, and he begins to apply them to his life. He says, this is how you build a house. This is how you lay a foundation. And the wise man takes those words does them. In our pieces of scripture here that we've been looking at, our foundational verses says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. He does not put his words into action. If you notice, there's one word that is different. It goes from does to does not. That is the simple difference here. And listen, the goal of the sermon was not simply to inform, but to transform. Now, let's step into your life. Let's step into my life. Listen, we are here in Carter County, Kentucky. Praise God that God has planted me, that God has allowed me to be raised here, to raise my family here in Carter County, Kentucky. To all the haters in the room, I ain't got time for you. I ain't got time for you. I love this place. I love my family. I love my friends. I love what it looks like here. I love, I don't really love the humidity in the summers. It gets a little weird, but you get all four seasons. It's just beautiful. I can go on and on. You got Carter Cave State Park. It's 10 minutes away. Grayson Lake State Park is 10 minutes away. It's just beautiful. I love the people. I love where I live. But here's where we all are in Carter County. This is why Foundation Church exists is because here's what I know. You can raise a hand. Let's just have some participation here. Raise your hand if you were raised in church. Just raise your hand. 90% of us in the room have been raised in church. 90%. If there is a group of people that have heard what Jesus' teachings are, it is us. Carter County is not short of hearing. 
We have just been consumed by the Word of God. If you go down the street and you say, do you believe in God? The answer will be yes. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, of course. That's just what my granny taught me. Did you ever go to church as a, as a teenager? Maybe. Did you grow up in church? Yeah. And if you look at where they are standing now, you are the minority. You are the minority. Carter County, even with all of its churches and with all of us being raised in church, if you look at the Kentucky Baptist Convention's website, we are one of the most unchurched. This is insane. One of the most unchurched areas in the entire state of Kentucky. There are less people right now per capita who are in church in Carter County than was any other county in the state of Kentucky. And here's what I believe. We are extremely good at hearing. We are extremely good at hearing. You've heard what your grandma's taught you. You've heard more sermons than you could ever imagine. You went to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. But the difference that Jesus is talking about is not that you have heard, but that you have allowed what you have heard to radically transform your life, to lead you to walk into obedience with Him, to lead you to walk into practice His ways, to practice what He has called you into. This is Carter County, and this may even be your life. You see, you cannot build a foundation on what you have simply heard. He says the foundation is what you have heard and what you have put into practice. This is where we are. Y'all remember the flannel graphs? Y'all remember that? A flannel, I maybe didn't even know that's what the appropriate term is. Remember the thing that's like flannel and your Sunday school teacher would stick these things to them and they would stay there? That's called a flannel graph. Congratulations, you learned something else new today. I can remember Barb at Globe Christian Church sitting behind this small table telling us all about who Jesus is on this incredible little flannel graph. But here, once again, this is my heart. Been in church my whole life. And I can count on one hand those that I grew up with, those that I was around, that are still walking in obedience and faith. Today, I'm not trying to question your salvation. I'm not trying to do that at all. What I'm trying to do is to put into our vision, put into why we exist, is that we have heard. We have heard what the words of God are, but Jesus is calling us deeper. He says, have you put into practice what I have taught you? Now, I've got to pause for just a second. I'm picking on Carter County, but listen, I'm picking on myself. This is just, once again, who I am and, and what I believe God has called us to is that here's what we will then do. If you're hearing me right, you say, okay, okay, Pastor, I understand. So it's not just about hearing, but it's actually about doing. Well, here's the other side of the spectrum is that some of you all, that is all you've been doing is that you have built your life just around doing for God you have gone to church every single Sunday. You know, we don't wear suits here. Like we don't really dress up that much here, but you have probably, it may have even been hard for you because you've come into your life and say, you have to look a certain way. You have to say things a particular way. You have to, you have to talk to others. You have to do certain things. And that is called doing for the Lord. And here's what we continually find 
throughout our life, and maybe this is where you are today because this is where I was, is that it's much easier to do for God than it is to actually be with God. The foundation of your life, Jesus says, is not just what you do, but it's because of who I am and how you know me. A few verses before this, you see this incredibly difficult piece of scripture that we will look later on down the road. It says, depart from me, I never knew you. And they begin to press, but Lord, you've seen us do miracles. You've seen us profess in your name. Lord, you've seen us do X, Y, and Z. But he says, he says to them, but you never knew me. You never knew me. And it leads to this point that I have just been wrestling with and that I've just been been in in my own life. And this is what made it so difficult today to bring this word because listen, we are so accustomed to hearing. And then even Carter can be like, yeah, we'll, we, will, we will do. Our life is filled with doing, but it's not out of a place of building. And there's this statement that I share with our discipleship group on Wednesday. It's been eating me alive because it's what I believe God is doing in me and what he wants for you. Listen, the most important part, the most important part of your life is the part that only God sees. Let me say it one more time. Listen, the most important part of your life is the part that only God sees. We started in the beginning. We're talking about building homes on the foundation of Jesus. Well, if you look at foundations, it isn't what you, you display to the world, but it's what is hidden. It is what is underneath. It is what is unseen. And listen, and this is what we see throughout this entire story is that Jesus is saying that the most important thing for your life is what I see. In the Sermon on the Mount, you see this over and over and over again. Do not put your righteousness on display for the sake of others so that they may see you. It says go into prayer in private to where only God sees. The most important part of your life is the part that only God sees. And so whenever we begin to think about foundation, when we begin to look at this, I got a couple questions. Does my life reflect one of relationship and obedience to him? This is for you and me. Do I truly know Jesus? Am I walking in faithfulness and obedience to him? Or am I just using language like, Lord, Lord? Maybe just dressing up for the part or... There's really no depth to your life. It's just surface level, superficial. And here's where I'm going to challenge you. This has been my challenge as well. Here's my litmus test. Here's my litmus test. Because we're proclaiming the most important thing in your life is what is unseen. And here's what I want you to do. Reflect right now. What does your home look like? Just think about it. What does your home look like? Gentlemen, how do you talk to your wife? It's all the dads in the room. How do you talk to your kids? How kind are we? How patient are we? All within our home. How angry are we? You see, this is the part that very few of us ever even let people inside of. It's like you can go outside of your home and act one way, but your wife knows who you are more than anybody, or your mom may know who you are more than anybody. But I just want you to reflect on that. What does your home look like? What does your home look like? How are you when you are at home? Once again, I'm going to say it one more time. The most important part of your life is the part that only God sees. 
God sees what you do in secret. God sees what you do in public. God sees how you communicate with your spouse. God sees how you communicate with your kids. God sees how you spend your finances. God sees how you live your life. What is seen in secret, God sees it all. And so how does Jesus end the sermon? Well, he says the two foundations, the sand versus the rock, two completely different outcomes. He says in the very end, this is how he ends this quote. He says, and the person who did not hear these words or who heard these words but did not do them is like the foolish man who's built his house on the sand. And says, when the winds came and the storms blew, it beat against that house and it fell. And it says, and great was its fall. Can you imagine Jesus walks off. And great was its fall. He says there's two foundations and only one will lead to life. The world may tell you that this, whatever foundation you choose, continue to seek it, continue to build upon it, but it will live, lead to life. But Jesus comes in and says, no, there's only one true foundation. And that foundation is me. And so how do you respond? How do you respond today? And today we have the incredible opportunity with our worship team to get to just have this moment together because as we are just stepping into this vision that is Foundation Church, it is with these words that we will continue to build our life upon, that we will continue to build our church upon, that, man, we are going to do some incredible works for the Lord that we are going to speak his word in some profound ways. But, but what I hope and what I pray is that for each and every single person in the room, that what is unseen, that the parts that only God sees, that that is the most beautiful parts of your life. And everything else that you do flows from there. And so in this moment, as our worship team leads us today, I just want you to just respond in this way. Decide to decide. We are about decisions here. Decide how to make Jesus the foundation of your life. Decide today to make Jesus the foundation of your life. And he says this, that that if you will hear my words, if you will believe them with all of your heart, as we can see, see, and live in obedience to me, then he says, today you will be saved. Our hope for Carter County is that we would continue to be able to present Jesus as the foundation, as the true foundation of which to build a life upon. But today the question begins with you. What is your foundation? What are you building your life upon? And today we proclaim and we hope that today you are building your life or today you would decide to build your life upon who Jesus is, what he has done for you, and how he has spoken to us. I encourage you. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, for bringing us, Lord, into your house. And Lord, today we know there are so many foundations that are that are being built upon right now in this room, but God, we just are crying out to you, Lord, show us, reveal to us, Lord, the foundation of our life. Lord, we believe today that you are the one, that you are the true one. You are the one to build a life around and upon God. And today I pray that we would just step out in obedience today to not only hear your words, but to do them. Lord, we are thankful today for all you are doing. And Lord, how you have spoken today. In Jesus' name, amen.